Hi, everyone. It's Izzy and Max, and happy 30th episode of The Truth of Youth. Obviously, you haven't had to listen to all of our episodes to get to this point, but if you've been here since day one, since June of last year, then you really know what's up. Yeah, Izzy. And speaking of that, our one-year anniversary of the podcast is coming up, and we have something special planned for you guys, which we'll tease um, a little bit soon. But uh, there's no better way to kick off this 30th episode than one of our favorite series, uh, The Truth of Youth Q&As, where we answer your personal and anonymous questions up close and personal, and where we can hopefully provide some insight along the way. Yeah, I personally really like Q&As because it's just like a simple, like we're hearing directly from you. What do you guys want to know about what we have to say about certain things, which we absolutely love. So I'm super excited to see what everyone had to ask. A little scared too, because I don't really know what to expect, but I guess we'll find out. Max, are you ready to get into it? Yeah, Izzy, let's do it. So since this is like the third or fourth one, I think we've done at this point, Q&A, like throughout the 30 episodes that we've done, um, I think we should just skip our introductions and just get right into the questions so we have enough time to get to as many as possible. And just as just a disclaimer, um, we're opening them live and we don't necessarily know what you guys asked beforehand. So hopefully nothing too crazy. <laughs> yep. So the first question is, any advice on dealing with your friend and ex being friends? So I actually was watching The View the other day. Um, I don't know if anyone who's listening knows what that is, but it's like a political talk show with like Whoopi Goldberg, Megan McCain, Joy Behar, like a bunch of those people. Uh, It's like kind of like a guilty pleasure of mine. I don't know why. I just like watching like talk shows sometimes, but this wasn't like a political question. They were just talking about how like, uh, do you think it's like bad if like your ex marries like your best friend? I mean, it's definitely like a, difficult question because again we're teens they're adults so definitely have a lot less experience I've never dated someone um so I honestly don't know I can't really give a definitive answer but I definitely think that in terms of like I've had situations where my really close friends will be friends with my ex-friends um not like my ex (laughs) ex ex-partner so I don't really know how to respond to that but I would say that I think it's important to just let your actual friends know if you know there was something that went down again it's like a hard situation because it's so variable from situation to situation whether it was not an amicable breakup etc so i think just kind of keeping an open line of communication with your friends is important about like what happened between you and like your partner or like you and your ex-friend so your friend can be respectful of it but i don't really think it would like affect me because all my friends all my close friends i know are transparent enough kind of to just like keep that open line of communication so I don't really have like an issue with that as long as like you know people aren't doing the secret game you know what I mean yeah I mean honestly I can't really speak on this from personal experience either like I've never really been in this situation I can imagine that it might be kind of awkward at times just based on the way that you end things maybe with your ex-significant other I feel like it kind of just depends how everything went down like if you 
still have like a healthy kind of friendshipy relationship and your friend is being friends with them like I feel like that might be easier to be okay with as opposed to like if things ended badly on like either part I don't know like definitely what you said about being communicative and like just you know there's no if you're close with the friend that's being friend with your ex um just like keeping an open line of communication and yeah I mean if you're close enough and you trust your friend enough like things should be good okay so the next question reads have you ever thought about taking a hobby of yours and making it a career So um, I've talked kind of openly on this podcast about how I have two like pretty distinct disciplines that like I kind of might want to go into. I really like science and like biology and stuff like that. But I also have a really like big passion for like fine art and like art in general. And I don't really know what path that'll take me on in college. But I honestly think like whatever career path I choose, regardless of whether it has to do with one or the other or both. I don't know what form of combination that would take, but I have a few ideas, which I'll talk about in a sec. Um, I think I'll end up in somewhere where I think I'll be happy. Um, Just because I think my parents have done a good job of kind of like, just say like, do what you want. Like, like we'll just help you kind of discover what your passions are and like kind of cultivate those on your way. And, you know, I really am a big believer of like, you're meant to end up where you're meant to end up. So I think one of the things that I might want to do is like maybe plastic surgery or something. Another thing that I've talked about kind of with my parents is like maybe working somewhere in the art field. Like, I don't think I would be an artist just because, I mean, I do think I'm like kind of talented, but I don't really think I want to be an artist because it's really hard to make it in the art world. And that's not my super insane passion, like being an artist. It's just for art in general. And so I would say like maybe um, being like an art consultant or something or just like kind of working somewhere that I would actually get to know like artists and stuff I have no idea I love science research uh maybe something in that I don't know just money is never really a crazy thing for me although I would like to kind of sustain myself but I don't know I I think there's I have a bunch of options for me like by definition just based on this question a hobby is basically something that you do in your leisurely time for pleasure and so like if I think to those examples in my life that would be things like singing or running or playing piano or the more like de-stressing things that I do in my life and in terms of those I don't know if like I would necessarily make that a career those are more just things that I would like to maintain in my lifestyle as I get into like a more stress-oriented career I guess Um, but in terms of like interests, like I definitely have interests that I would like consider making a career, like in terms of like science and things like that. And just like solving problems, like is just definitely where I want to go in life. But the line between like practicality and doing what you love is very difficult to not cross. Um, and it's just like a very difficult thing that people undergo when they're trying to figure out their career path. And that's why it's very difficult. Like, I think I've spoken on this before, but like when you go into high school and you're doing all these clubs and you're doing things that could be considered hobbies, you know, like debate or sports or whatever, like these are at the time for a lot of people, just hobbies. And when you're forced to go out into the real world and kind of figure out where you belong, it's really challenging. I would also say that things like capitalism kind of limit people in terms of like what career choices they want to do. Because, you know, I think a lot of parents, especially 
parents in affluent communities want their children to do well. So they'll like put pressure on them to kind of choose disciplines that are related to their own. There are some kids who they just love what their parents do so much and they've like seen it their whole life and they're like, oh, I want to do that. Like, I don't really think that's been the choice for me. Um, although I do kind of have sort of an interest in what my parents do, but I don't know. I just think it's important to take kind of like a self-discovery route. It's just important to get to know yourself before kind of you get to consider the fiscal aspect of like your job. Cause you don't have any job offers in front of you when you're 17 years old. You know what I mean? Unless you're some crazy billionaire or like Kylie Jenner, where you just cultivate your business because of social media and stuff. The next question is what is special about the place where you grew up? I lived in Brooklyn for the first six years of my life, but that was like in terms of the 16 years that I've been alive, a pretty small fraction of like actually remembering things. I guess part of like what's special about that is like there was like all these like Russian like cultural things and like just like quirky like niches of like Russian people. I don't know. It was like, I guess that's kind of like funny, but in terms of like Tenafly where we've like spent most of our lives and like where I've actually grown as a person. I think, you know, there's a lot of things that I may not love about it, but like there's definitely things that make it special. I think, you know, it's just, it feels very like safe and, you know, there's just like, it's nice that you can just walk to your friend's house and, you know, hang out outside and go for a walk on the track and do all these things. And it has that like small town feel, which you, can't necessarily be exposed to everywhere and I kind of I don't know it's like sentimental it's cute this is also a difficult question for me because uh I think that sometimes it can be easier for me to say things about what I do not like about the place I grew up um although I did grow up in the city uh in Manhattan for the first six years of my life and I remember that time pretty well I remember I just used to go to like the museum of natural history every day like after like I don't know preschool like with um, my nanny and it would just be so much fun we had like a I don't know members pass or something and I literally used to be so like in love with going to just the same room over and over again and just like looking at all the stuff but I think in Tenafly um, I'm like not so in love with the idea of just like the suburbs in general I do think it's like beneficial that we're so close to the city and that I actually have a backyard you know what I mean? I, I'm, I'll always be grateful to my parents for that. And also, I think like kind of the school dynamic is a little bit, I don't know if I could say relaxed because I think we both go to a competitive high school. So it's like kind of annoying. But I would say in terms of like, you know, the freedom to do certain things, like like you said, like go on a track or like, you know, go and get pick up Starbucks and like go on a drive, you know, like through like a bunch of neighborhoods or something I think that's something I'll always be grateful for um and like you said little like quirky things about it um I don't know if it's as quirky as Brooklyn but <laughs> you know what I mean yeah it wasn't like Brooklyn like near like the Brooklyn Bridge it was like uh-huh like I went to like a Russian preschool yeah it's a difficult question so the next question reads what's something in the world that you want to see fixed so I think there's like two things that spring to mind immediately when I think of this question. One thing is like, I think that like the climate crisis is probably the worst thing that like everyone faces right now. Um, and I really don't think it's talked about enough, especially by the mainstream media. And I think like there are some kids who are like kind of trying to champion that like through social media or like, you know, by writing op-eds or something like that. 
And I think that's really important. And like that has made a lot of progress. Like you have teen activists like Greta Thunberg, like going to all these conferences in the world. But I just don't like how like there's all this just formality over like solving world issues. Like there's these conferences, there's these speeches. Like I don't really feel like it's actually kind of doing something. And so I definitely want to see kind of like some of these like important reforms kind of just get expedited a little bit because like the climate crisis is such a large emergency and I just really don't like how it's not covered as much as it should be. I think a second thing that is really, really important, and I've actually talked to Izzy about maybe doing an episode on this because so many of my friends have talked to me about this before, is kind of like the education system in general. I think like it's so bad how, um, like for example, my school, they just have us take a personal finance course online and like literally it's just common knowledge that no one like actually cares about it. Not that like, you know, we don't, care about getting it done because you have to get it done in order to graduate but it's like the way it's done is just so careless like I want to know how to do my taxes in a way that like actually makes me remember it you know what I mean like not that you know learning things like calculus or how to solve Hardy Reinberg equations are important because I think that kind of helps people recognize what they want to do in life by exposing people to different interests um but I I just like do not understand how we as a society are just expected to figure out insurance, taxes, like literally every bureaucratic thing about just being a human in America or just a human in general in like a very administrative world. I just think it's like really not good. And I don't know if we learn more life stuff than like what we like really need. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's kind of what sprung to mind for me too, because I think you know, there's a lot of flaws in the way that some things are taught and what is put in and emphasized and what's not. And I feel like there could be, there should be like a lot of improvement in that sense. Like there's just so much that we as like young people don't know when we go out into the real world. And like, I feel like here, like a lot of people are like dependent on their parents and, you know, dependent on whatever it is that they'll show them or whatever. But there's just things that we need to learn for ourselves, I feel like. And I don't know. Like, I guess I kind of wish that was like fixed as well. Um, something else that kind of sprung to mind for me was like, I was thinking about like social media and like how like it, it's like hard to like get rid of its like negative consequences and stuff. But I guess sometimes like I wish they didn't exist. Like so many like young people are so like consumed in it all. And like you, you lose connection to people. Like I don't know. It's just like it's something like a whirlwind. that like yeah, it is. And it feels like, I don't know. Like I just wish people were sometimes like, even though social media is like a bridge to like connect people that live far away. Like at the same time, I sometimes feel so disconnected from the things going on outside of like our little like town. And I don't know. I kind of wish that that was fixed. The next question is like really deep. Actually. I kind of really like this one. What does the fact that coffee shops fill half hour cups with ice and companies fill half of our bags of Lay's potato chips with air say, say about society. Hmm. Do you want to go first? Um, so I think that honestly it has to do with just like selling less than like what it's worth. I don't know if I said that right, but um, you, you kind of know what I mean. Like people want to make a profit obviously. And um you know, that's just kind of what business is. 
Um, I'm not saying that all the time it's wrong because I think everyone knows like when you're buying, I don't know, water at the US Open when they charge you literally like $13 for a bigger bottle of Evian, like it's not worth $13 when like there's literally just pipes of water running beneath your feet. So I think it just it just says about how like our society is very profit motivated and this kind of just goes back to what we were talking about in terms of, you know, choosing like a career. I think like some people they're motivated by just what their true passions are. And obviously not all those passions make a ton of money. And so I think about society in general, like what it kind of makes me question, like what do we prioritize? Like, you know, kind of the health and kind of the prosperity of individuals, like in terms of like their actual potential or like more of just like the profits, if you know what I mean. I don't know. I, I just think, and I don't think it's always bad because, you know, like small businesses, for example, it's good. They should charge a higher price because it's a small business. Yeah. I kind of agree with you. Like, it's kind of just like selling and like advertising one thing and then just like giving people like less than what they actually deserve, I guess. And it kind of sucks. Like I get really annoyed when like, I'll be like light ice and it's like, no, um, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) make sure to like, make it like light ice. And I say that everywhere. And then like half my cup is filled with ice and I'm like, well, I tried it's on the receipt, but it didn't work. But anyway, just goes to show you that it's just about like using less of what they have to like spread it to everyone and get more customers and all this stuff. And I think it's a lot about like money too. It's like deep though. Interesting question. Oh yeah. I I like that question a lot. So the next question reads thoughts on how humans will go extinct. Uh, A part of me is like, is it bound to happen? Like, I feel like that's the first question. Like, is it, it, will it happen? Um, I mean, I think like, I don't know if there's this, I don't know if there's like a biological, like principle that says like every species dies out eventually or something like that yeah I don't know but I feel like I mean again I keep going back to the climate crisis I think that could be a very realistic way of just Mm -hmm. extinction I mean that's how anything that I mean that's pretty much the reason why things in the past have gone extinct like yeah just the world's like climate changing to the point where you're not able to sustain that kind of life But then again, it's also been brought on ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I think that we still kind of have the chance to change because humans are capable of change. I really do believe that. But I think like there needs to be something just like drastic that like provokes that change. So, and I don't know. I think like- It's like we are animals by nature, but it's like- we just seem so different than any other animal that yeah. comes to mind. Like well, we are, we like, are. I don't see like, like it's hard to see like us following the same path as a dinosaur. Like it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like just the way that things are right now. And it's like, everything is so evolution based. Everything's constantly evolving, constantly changing, constantly getting way more advanced. And it's like, I don't know, like, are there going to be, like, robot humans that, like, reproduce? Like, I really, I just, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell if, like, we'll actually, like, be extinct the way that things in the past have been. But I guess, like, the presumable reason would be just based on evidence would be something in the climate that would change um, just the way things are. Because, like, we might not be able to sustain human life in a certain degree of climate. (laughs) 
Um, the next question is, do you believe that we all end up like our parents? So I kind of have an interesting answer for this question. So Izzy and I uh, participated in a a podcast competition. I think, I think we submitted the entry, like maybe like a month ago now. I don't know, but, um, we still haven't heard back from them. We'll update you guys and maybe we'll share it on our platform. But, um, we kind of did an analysis on how we think like, popular culture movies of high school kind of like have contributed to a delay of adolescence like everything is happening later you know in like the human like like our generation like people are having um, people in our generation aren't really having kids now but i'm saying like the generation before like millennials like most millennials have kids in in their like early mid 30s like like 50 years ago like that was not the thing you know what i mean anyway um I don't think that we're going to all end up like our parents. There was an interesting statistic that came up in our research for this podcast. It said one in six Gen Zers are queer. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that, you know, one in six Gen Xers are queer. I just think like, you know, it's more kind of just the expression of each generation. And I think like our generation is the most expressive generation to date. Like people aren't afraid to like really kind of express themselves in terms of their interests or like what they want to pursue or like, how they want to just portray themselves. I think like that's a really important concept that kind of encapsulates what our podcast is about because our generation really is so different than any other. So no, I don't think we're going to all end up like our parents just tucked away in the suburb with the average two children, boy and girl, um, kind of mediocre middle-class house life. You know what I mean? I don't really think that. And I think that's an amazing thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess to sort of counter that in terms of when I think of like, will we end up like our parents? I think about like mannerisms and I think about um, one way that we are similar to every like generation is just like that adaptability of like being in a house with your parents and kind of learning the way they speak, learning the way they act, um, learning what they believe. And I'm not saying like a lot of times like people end up when they go off on their own into the world their ideologies change on certain things and whatever but and I know plenty of people like that and I'm sure that happens to everyone at least in one area of like life I don't know like by DNA and whatever like we're similar and we have like similar just mannerisms and traits like I have some things like they're like oh you're just like your mom in that way or oh you're just like your dad in that way you you're stubborn you're whatever. But, um, I don't know, like we don't end up like exactly like our parents for sure. Um, but like our parents, I guess maybe some of the disciplines that were used on you as a child, some people use that in like their parenting styles. Like that's an example of how you might end up like your parent. And maybe as a young person now, we might not realize it. And we might be like that rule that my mom makes is so dumb or like, I can't believe like they actually do that. But when you get to be at a certain stage in your life, maybe you might be like just embodying like some of the things that were brought upon you as a child, but kind of interesting. Yeah, I I agree with that. That's a very good point. I think it's a combination of the two. You know what I mean? So the next question reads city or suburb when you're older. I could see myself in both in some ways. Like I like the concept of like 
parts of city life like I really like that we don't have here that I kind of envy of people that live in the city like you know when you actually go out at night like you're not it's not a ghost town and it's not like there's actual like society like there like it doesn't feel like you're like alone or like um in this like small area and there's such a diverse group of people that you get to meet and all this stuff that could definitely help you grow as a person um but I guess there are definitely some pros to like a suburb that you were kind of talking about like just being able to like go on drives or go to the grocery market and just like the principle of like convenience of being in a suburb is kind of nice. I could see why that appeals to a lot of parents that decide to live in towns like ours and stuff. I don't think I would live here, but um, yeah, I could see the appeal of both. Um, I was saying earlier that I have no idea what career I'm a hundred percent going to go into. I don't think really anyone does, but I'm absolutely sure I want to live in a city. Absolutely sure. Also, in this question, it doesn't like say like rural. Like, I'm not saying like a lot less people live in rural areas like Wyoming, you know what I mean? But like, you know, that's also an option. But um, anyway, I 100% want to be in a city. I don't really know why. I just have always liked it. And I'm like, I always say to my mom, I'm like, I wish we never moved out. Like, even though I do like where I live relatively, I just like, I don't know. There's something what you said, like, I never want to be like alone, whether like, you know, someone's actually with me. I just feel like there's just like this, like this ambiance, this like community that's like just always around you. And like, it's just like, you feel like you're in the center of everything. And even though that can be overwhelming for some people, especially with for people that, you know, didn't really grow up near a city, I think um, it's just been always important to me. If it's one thing I'm sure of, it's that. Yeah, I mean, I think it also like older is a very like general term. Like I think in different stages of life, you may want to live in one or the other. Like as a young, like maybe like in your 20s and 30s when you're meeting new people, building relationships, building a career, trying to network with people, I think a city would be very useful for that. Like um, like a lot of people when they're like in their 20s and stuff, like just like room with other people and they like live in the city and they just like meet all these people and just kind of try to like feel things out and just before they move into like I guess that next sort of like familial like stage of their lives if they choose to do that because that's not everyone's path um but I guess like if there's like that whole like family marriage sort of portion of someone's life maybe like people like my like like a suburb school or um as opposed to like having to schlep like 60 blocks to like a school in the city like you you know I mean kind of depends or it's like an older like more elderly person you may not want to be in like a noisy like city kind of thing I do like I do think that's like valid but just as like for me personally I I like I mean listen I I like definitely see like you know the alert like marriage kids like moving to a suburb like you know settle down kind of like have more space stuff like that and I think it's helpful and you know I can't really claim because obviously I think I do want kids I can't really claim like I know what's best for them when I haven't really even had anything close to that experience yet but I just know like what I would want and I really do think that I would have preferred growing up in a city even though I do like where I live I just that's just a personal opinion but you know we'll see (laughs) um so the next question says what is one thing you live by a saying a mindset etc um 
I could go really quick. I live by this piece of advice and it changed my entire like perspective on everything. My mom always says to me, don't sweat the small stuff. And like literally, like I was saying, everything, like everything happens for a reason. Everything plays out the way it's supposed to. Like I really do believe, not really in fate, but I really just do believe everything is like on a track that you can't really have, you can't really have a ton of like, I don't know, pulls and everything off the track. It's more just like, you know, you're on the track of life and you can do what you can and you just have to go for the ride. And so like, for example, I think I was in sixth grade. I, it was like my first math quiz in middle school and, you know, fifth grade to middle school, it's a big change, you know? So you like, and your permanent record starts. So I was like, I'm going to do so good. I'm going to get like literally a 95 or higher on every test. And I got an 88 on this math quiz. And I'm like, I literally like was in the car and I was like sobbing to my mom. I'm like, I'm never going to do good things, like anything like that. And I'm just like looking back on that right now. Like that's so like childish and like trivial. And like, I, I know, and I'm not saying like necessarily apply that to like everything or like don't try, but like, I do think that like you have to think of it in like the broad spectrum of things. Like, when you're 50, are people going to ask for your SAT score? No. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, it, it's kind of just like focusing on the big picture and how like you can do certain things to change certain things. But when like catastrophic things happen in your life, um, even if they're not your fault, like you just have to just let go and move on. You know, you just have to keep going. Yep. Yeah. I think I have like two sort of like little mantras. One you said, um, that everything happens for a reason. I mean, even if you have a quote unquote failed friendship or a failed test or a failed like thing that you might think in that time is just a complete waste and, you know, not necessary. Like every person that you meet, every experience that you go through will in turn just contribute another piece of the puzzle of who you are. And, you know, like, you're not gonna, if you don't go through those hard things, if you don't go through those little like forks in the road where you may have picked quote unquote, picked the wrong thing, like you won't get anywhere. Like life isn't meant to be like every single thing is going to go right for you. And I think we all know that, um, just being young people who've like gone through a lot. I mean, like we've literally been through like a pandemic and like all this stuff, like there's definitely just things that are going to come out of nowhere and there's a reason they came at you and like, you just kind of have to, um, adapt and keep going. Um, I guess my second sort of mantra would be everything good in moderation. Um, I think this comes with like just balancing your life, which is one of the biggest issues I think, um, young people face is like, how do I balance a social life and school? How do I, not use my phone too much? How do I not procrastinate too much? And it's like everything in moderation really is just kind of like the key to go. Like, you know, don't spend all your time hanging out with your friends. Don't spend all your time doing homework. It's just learning how to like twist things and prioritize things into a balanced sort of lifestyle of like equilibrium in which like you'll truly be the happiest version of yourself because you got to do everything. You just didn't get to do excessive amounts of one thing and excessive amounts of another. And even though an excessive amount of something may have made you super happy, like hanging out with your friends every single day for hours, like you're going to be just as sad about how you didn't study for that math test or you didn't like put your effort into a sport or whatever it is. Um, so I guess that would be the second sort of thing that I live by. 
I completely agree with that. It's a very good piece of information. And I really only thought of that, like, you know, applied to like things like candy or like whatever, you know what I mean? That's like what my dad always used to say, like, yeah, you know, have like a huge pack of Sour Patch Kids. That's like two pounds, like every like, you know, few months, you'll be fine <laughs> as like a joke, obviously. But, you know, that's funny. <laughs> um, so coming into our final question of today's episode, it's a long one. If you could get $8 million, but then have a one out of 50 chance of instantly dying, would you take the money? What about one out of 25 or one out of 100 chance? What's the highest chance you will take to get the money? So this question has a few parts. Um, I don't know. Do you want to start or should I start? Um, One out of 50, like... Okay, there's two like ways you could look at this. Like literally when you go outside into the world, you have a chance of dying. Um, like a tree could fall on you. Like, I mean, this could happen all the time. But then like, if you're talking like $8 million, one out of 50, one out of 50 is not like slim. Like it seems slim. Like it's like a small fraction, but in the big scheme of things, like is it worth $8 million? I don't know. It's kind of a big one out of a hundred is still pushing it. Like it has to be like really, really, really like big odds. I think, um, I don't know. Like, I just don't think like, you know, that's a pretty, like in the big scheme of things, it's a pretty high chance of instantly dying. And there's a lot of things that we have going on in the world that take precedence over $8 million that might be temporarily useful to someone in a certain situation. I don't know. I been when this comes to mind, I just think of like the lottery. Um, first of all, uh, I mean, I know this probably wouldn't apply in this situation, but like the money you win from the lottery, like you only get half of it because it's taxed. So I'm just like thinking of like a lottery situation. Um, and then like the second thing is like a lot. I, I don't even know what the statistic is. I think it's like like 80% of the people who like win the lottery spend it within like the first two or three years of them getting it. I would rather just like be motivated to get the money and then take that chance of just like losing my life. You know what I mean? Not that $8 million wouldn't be nice. And probably I would win it because it's a 49 out of 50 chance of me not instantly dying, you know, dying pretty a a little later. Um, But again, it kind of ties into what I was saying earlier, like everything that's supposed to happen is supposed to happen. So, you know, may as well just go along with what you think is supposed to happen. So it's a difficult thing. I don't know what the highest chance I would take to get the money would be um, because I honestly am not a statistics expert. And I think it would probably, you know, if I had a bunch of uh, cubes in my hand and one of them was marked red and 49 of them were marked white and I chose the red one, I don't really know, like, you know, what the odds of that would be or like what. Mm-hmm. so I don't yeah. know but definitely but it would definitely have to be like really really slim odds I mean like there are people like it just in the big scheme of things like there are just people literally fighting for their life every single day and you like taking a pretty high chance of you losing yours just to get money I mean if there's anything we've like learned in like the past 16 years of life it's just like that a human life is so valuable and it's oh, like yeah. you really I don't know. Like you could, like, there are things you can do. Like, I'm not saying you'd definitely make $8 million, but like you could, you know, be able to like have a nice life with your family and try and, you know, get ahead in your career. If that's like something that you're passionate about, like, I don't know, that seems infinitely more exciting to me than $8 million that I think like if I, if I were to have $8 million, like at first, you know, like 
or when somebody has $8 million, kind of like what you were saying, like they tend to spend it pretty quickly because they're like, oh, I have $8 million. I can do whatever I want. All right, Izzy. I think that's a pretty good way to wrap up this episode. Um, I love this series. You know, new questions every time kind of, uh, I don't know, take me by surprise sometimes. Uh, And, you know, there's certain questions that I saw that people asked um, that we had to skip over because we have asked them in like previous Q&A. So if you guys want to, you know, go check out the ones that we have previously recorded. Um, I think there's, again, like I said, three or four of them. Um, please go do so. Uh, and we have 30 other episodes, that 29 other episodes, sorry, that we love and enjoy, except our first, like, one or two, because those were, like, you know, a little shaky. I mean, but, things like, it's just, like, hearing, like, 30, like, just, like, the progression of how much we've changed since um, starting our podcast in, like, a little under a year is just like crazy and how like style of our episodes has changed how we feel when we like speak and stuff it's just it's really really awesome to see and I feel like it's just as time goes on like things just get more interesting and more interesting um and we definitely have like a pipeline of super interesting content for you guys coming up in the next couple of weeks so be sure to stay tuned for that um and like Max said, just check out those Q and A's because we did have to like some of them. I was like, oh, I've seen this question before. I think we talked about it. So um, we love your questions, and we hope that you keep sending them when we do this again, which will be fairly soon because we really like this episode. Um, so yeah, if you like this mini series, please be sure to give our podcast a five star rating and or review on Apple Podcasts so that we can keep making the truth of youth even better for you guys. And also, if you have any specific feedback for us or want to come on the show, maybe for an interview, go check out our link tree in the description. And I think that's it. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.